everybody i am sean graham scott alongside as always hello scott sean uh what's up long time no talk uh yeah. how you been been doing pretty good uh yeah. been doing a little little traveling here and there we both have uh we happen to be in the same spot at the same time for part of that travel but uh, from the world curling championships uh out in las vegas headed across the pond for a wee while saw you in a couple locations there i just returned back from beautiful madrid and uh was excited to talk about a little curling scott yeah did you get uh the curling itch uh in spain is the you know the anticipation for the world mixed doubles palpable can you feel it in madrid well, I, I did mention it to a couple of the people who we met over there, and uh, the responses were, you know, very, very energetic, very exciting, very uh, curious about what I was talking about and okay. what curling was. So I, I don't know if it's quite made the inroads there in Spain as perhaps some other sports, but, uh, you know, I did my part by spreading the gospel of curling. Very to good. my my tour guides very good i like that uh i i like to hear that so yeah let's get into it we haven't talked curling in a while uh what's uh what's up first so a lot uh, going on the last time we talked scott was a preview of the men's world curling championship which of course was going on in las vegas i was out there uh, the last episode we released was a compilation of some of the audio that i was able to collect from the players out there in Las Vegas, but we have not talked about Nicholas Adin winning his fourth consecutive men's world curling championship, sixth overall. Scott, we we did talk about it when we saw each other ever so briefly, but how would you summarize Nick Adin winning? Where does this put him potentially in the pantheon of all-time greats? Well, he's got to be the GOAT, right? That's the most of anyone ever in an era in which it's harder than ever to win. So hats off to to him and to his team. And, you know, he's done it with two separate teams. Seems to me even more impressive. So, yeah, greatest, uh, greatest of all time. Yeah, it is hard to argue that at this point, uh, given that he now has the gold medal. I think the gold medal was necessary for him in the course of that discussion. So the fact that he now has that following the Olympics in Beijing, that certainly does really just polish up the resume. There is some discussion. I don't know how valid it is about his, I think Colin used the word curious. I think that's fair. Curious record in the Grand Slams that he has three, all of which in the same season. So he doesn't have a stellar record in the slams. I think Christopher Sundgren replied to that tweet saying, yeah, we, we get up for the biggest events. Uh, which, okay. <laughs> fair enough. And, and the other thing too, is that the slams, I, I think because they're shorter and for so many years, it was a four game round Robin within pools this year. They've gotten away from that entirely, but for so long, that's what each event essentially was that there's a lot more randomness there. Whereas at a world championship where in the past, I think it was 12 teams. I think every time he's been there, it's been at least 12 teams with an 11 game round Robin. Now, of course it's more than that. There's just less margin there for random things to happen. The longer the event is, the better teams are going to rise to the top. Whereas at the slams, the formats uh, just allows for a little more randomness than we might see at some of the longer events. So that could account a little bit for it. Plus, as potentially Sundgren was saying, that they built their schedule to peak around Euros Worlds. Yeah, and uh, like you say, it is totally random, and that one game that you lose against a really good team or you just have a bad game, and you don't win. And so mm -hmm. it's not like uh, these other events where it's a round robin against every team. You get a chance to play a lot of games, and over the course of more games... Uh, the better teams will rise to the top. Whereas in a shorter format, like we have with the Grand Slams, it's more of a crapshoot. 
And I think we see that in, in the results. Yeah, and over the course of the longer event, you get a better sense of what the ice is doing. Uh, you can read it more effectively. Again, with the slams, not not as long to get as used to the ice and the rocks. Hey, that brings us to Brad Gushu, ice and rocks. Uh, Scott, Brad Gushu, uh, the silver medal. So it's hard to say that Brad Gushu had a bad season because he didn't have a bad season. He has an Olympic medal and he has a silver medal from the world championship uh, this year. That's a good season, I think, by any accounts. But in both cases, Brad Gushu was not complimentary of the ice conditions. I I don't know what to make of this, uh, but but what did you think of his play and then his discussion of the conditions afterwards? So, Sean, is this where you splice in that uh, fun audio we we made in uh, when we were away? Yeah, Yeah. I'll splice that in. So this is Scott's immediate reaction after the final. Well, Sean, if there was any question as to who is the best team over this last four years, it's got to be answered by that win in Las Vegas. I know Brad Gushu was talking about the ice, saying, oh, this is no good. But, like, you went 10-2 and two on that ice. Uh, chill out a bit. So, uh, Nicodem beat you. He could have beat you on good ice. Uh, he has beaten you on good ice. Just give him a tip of the cap. And say that uh, for now, he is the Swedish king. All right, so uh, I stand by most of what I, I said there. Bad rocks and bad ice that happens. I'll tell you though, Sean, I'm much more sympathetic to Brad Gushu after playing Monday night at the Ottawa Curling Club, <laughs> where they just retouched the rocks, and I had no idea what the hell was going on. My split times, like on my split time, I threw one rock harder than one that went through, and it ended up short of the house. So, hmm. uh, you know, when you're guessing, it's not fun. Uh, so I understand that a little better now after having had that experience. But at the same time, like y- you played all week and y- you were the two best teams. Everybody knew that it was going to be you in the finals. Uh, we joked sort of that we could have recorded our <laughs> our yeah. summary podcast in the middle of uh, the week when we saw each other just to, to get it out, but, you know, cut together one version where it was a Dean winning cut together another, where it was Gushu and we'd be fine. Yeah. And yeah. Well, I only talked, so I talked to as many players as I could, as, as you heard on that episode, if you listen to it, and I think it's relevant, even if you haven't listened to it yet, go back. It's not specific to what happened in one game. I think there's a lot of general stuff there. So I, I would encourage you to go listen to it if you haven't yet, but I only asked two teams the question of what would this mean to win? And it was those two teams because I didn't think anybody else could win. And I didn't want to waste their time with that question, to be honest. And I didn't want to be insulting to be like playing for third place. Yeah. 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 You know, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, It was a a good, uh, you know, bronze medal there for the boys from Italy. Yeah. Sean, I'll note that I picked all of the playoff teams correctly. Well done. So uh, I gained a couple points on you in our in our standings. Okay, but yeah, I think uh, you're right. There was those two teams playing for for first, and if if everybody who was watching didn't knew it, didn't know it, I think everybody that was playing in it probably knew it. <laughs> yeah, and everyone sort of knew that they were the favorites. That that was going to be the big game when they played each other during the week. Everyone had their eyes. On those two teams. The, the only thing I, I really didn't like about what Brad Gushu said after the final is when he said that essentially it was just a coin toss. Each throw was a coin toss and, and it came up heads more than Nicodine. I don't like that part of it because it mm-hmm. kind of discounts the fact that they, they beat you, right? And, and it was the first thing, too. And if you look at the tweet that the team put out after it was the first half of it was the condition sucked. The second half was congrats, Nicodine. Flip that. Yeah. Just Just flip it. Uh, and you know, they won, they beat you and that's fine. Like there's no, nothing wrong with losing to that team. So uh, I wasn't crazy about that in terms of the, uh, the, the messaging that came out after it, but, uh, that is what it is. Uh, as we say, Nicodine six world championships, four straight. I had the chance to ask, as I said, Oscar Erickson and Nicholas Adine, what it would mean for this team to cap off. A remarkable season for them worth a world championship. So let's hear what they had to say out in Las Vegas. First, we'll hear from Oscar Erickson, then Nicholas Adin. 
Ah, uh, that would be huge. Uh, uh, <laughs> we know it's so much fun to win the championship, so that's that's the goal here. Uh, Canada is one of the toughest opponents here for sure, and then Switzerland have a good team. US, Italy can always be strong. Norway, so and then a couple of Asian teams as well. So it's it's gonna be a tough uh, tough week to to get as many wins as we need to get to the playoffs first, and then be as good as we can at, in the playoff game. So yeah, it would be, uh, mean a lot to to win it. I would mean a lot. Uh, definitely keeping the streak alive. Also, we're on uh, three straight wins, so. Uh, we're doing something for the history books. Uh, if we can win more, one more, it would be super special, especially this year, having won the Olympics. And now we can kind of not focus so much on results, but this one still feels very big um, in terms of our careers and legacies. So uh, definitely going to play as well as we can and, and try to try to win on another one. So, Scott, clearly they were gunning for it. This was something they wanted. They openly talked about going for the four straight. It meant something to them. So for any discussion that may have had potentially that even we had of they won the gold medal they were not going to be motivated obviously not that was a clear focus for them over the course of the week so congratulations to them uh, unfortunate that christopher sungren was injured and couldn't participate in the entirety of the event and then couldn't uh, participate in the slam afterwards but that is a foursome that uh yeah as, as we talked about earlier going to be right up there when you do any sort of rankings of the all-time greatest teams yeah, in uh, 10 years when we do our best teams of the yeah. 2010s and and 2020s, I, I think uh, they'll be in that discussion for sure. Yeah, and, and Brad Gushu said too during the week that he thinks his team might be the best ever in terms of longevity and the success mm-hmm. that they had. I don't know. Uh, that's I think uh, Brad Gushu gave us a summer episode idea. So uh, thank you, Brad Gushu. But uh, that's something we'll have to delve into a little more. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, just a bit of a summary there from the Men's World Championship. Anything else, Scott, that uh, struck you from the week that was? Uh, not too much else. No, uh, I guess we could touch a little bit on the crowds or lack thereof in Las Vegas. Is a full nine-day event the kind of thing that Las Vegas can sustain or is a short event like a slam or uh, a continental cup better suited to Vegas. I would argue that yes, those two shorter Mm -hmm. events are people always say, you know, you go to Vegas for a weekend and you spend, you know, a month there. Uh, (laughs) So, and, and doing it in April too, when the people that usually come to support those events, I I think I saw this in a piece by uh, Greg strong or somebody else that it's farmers, right. That come down, from Canada mm-hmm. predominantly and they're kind of busy with other stuff in April and right. can't take the time. Right. So, uh, when you put it in January, yeah, you're going to get a better, a better crowd and, and better support for that kind of, a an event. Yeah. I think the other constituency too, and I don't know if I can't remember if strong talked about it in his piece, cause I, I did read that. It was quite good is the number of snowbirds who, I mean, Phoenix is not that far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, from That's Las right. Vegas, uh, who, who have come over. We've met people when we've been down there who are snowbirds who either are coming over or that's how they started their winter. Like they, they wait until mm-hmm. after Christmas, then, okay, Continental Cup, that's when we'll go down and head over to Phoenix. So you, you have those people who might not be there in April as well. I agree, nine days is a long time uh, in Vegas. It really is a, a weekend town. And like I said, I mean, I was going through my credit card uh, bill. I got home last night and so I was going through it. I ha- I not only did I see one charge, I was like, "What is that?" I Googled what it was, and I, was like, I still couldn't figure out. It wasn't, and then I, it took me about ten minutes to realize. Oh yes, I did go there, and this is the, the <laughs> amount of money I spent. But like, you just forget some stuff uh, when you're in yeah. Las Vegas. So it it, it is it, it's tough. I I'm curious to see. If the slam it was scheduled to have, have a slam there, the open was scheduled in January 2021. I'd be curious to mm-hmm. see if they try to go back with the slam. Is that as successful as the Continental Cup has been? Uh, that'll be a, a curious one to see. But it, it's a wonderful mm-hmm. venue for curling. The staff at the Orleans is great. Uh, the people yeah. who they get to volunteer are amazing. The, the guy who's doing the media for the, the draws that I was at from Seattle, never played in his life, but just fell onto the sport and loved it. And he comes down whenever the events in Vegas. And uh, so it's cool to meet folks like that when you're down there. It's a, certainly a different vibe from the Canadian events. And hopefully that uh, the market hasn't quite been fully saturated. And, and the other thing too is 
COVID's still a thing. And, you know, you still need to, you still need a, a negative test to fly into the United States. Uh, that's mm-hmm. still a thing. Uh, vaccination requirements in order to get into the United States from uh, a different country. So, you know, th- there are things that are in place that could have limited travel. Plus, you got to make your arrangements in what? at least probably January, February for most people. January and February wasn't the greatest of times uh, relative to COVID. So, you know, a lot of factors there. Uh, Maybe it was optimistic to go back to Vegas, but the past two years have been full of optimistic pronouncements by sports organizations around the world. So I'm not going to be too too hard on the World Curling Federation for that. But as you can see from the images, there were plenty of good seats available at the Orleans Mm -hmm. Arena through the course of the week. Easy to social distance there. Yeah, there was no difficulty there at all. I I will say one other thing, though. They did not have the traditional patch, which is fine. Uh, They had like an outdoor thing. The individual who emcees that was uh, there. So I didn't spend a lot of time uh, at the patch because. Uh, But one of the things that they didn't do was the autograph signings, the meet and greet with players, which is Fair enough, because they wanted to keep the players isolated. They didn't want COVID to get into the player pool, which totally understandable. Yet, multiple times when I was there, players from teams that were not playing were in the stands unmasked. So they weren't doing the official meet and greet stuff, but they also, there's boxes at the Orleans. Just give each team a box and just do something. I was so confused of like, we're going to keep all the players isolated from the fans. And then they're just sitting there in and amongst the fans. <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, yeah. So that was a little strange to me. But overall, uh, it seemed like a good event, uh, pretty well run. Uh, and certainly from my perspective, uh, I, I had a good time whilst I was there. Good. Good. All right. Let's talk about another event that took place. The Players Championship. Is that right? That was the one, mm, I think. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. So the uh, the Grand Slam of Curling the event that takes place in Toronto every year. It's the only one really that has a permanent home there at the former Maple Leaf Gardens. It was the last event for a lot of teams because it's harder to, well, not harder. It's the the qualification for the Champions Cup is different from the rest of the slams. So a lot of teams, this is the last time you would see them in those configurations. But the two teams who won, probably see them again. As Anna Hasselberg wins on the women's side, Bruce Mount on the men's side. It was very cool to see uh, from afar that uh, Team Mowat had their family friends there to cheer them on, and they weren't be, weren't able to be there in uh, Beijing. So it was kind of cool that they all came over, uh, hung out in the Pinties pub a little bit there. So congrats to them. They defended their title as the players' champions. On the other side, Anna Hasselberg gets another Grand Slam win. Apparently, this was the gives her all four majors, which made me look up and say, there's majors. Okay. <laughs> Apparently there's yep. majors. So uh, congratulations to them. Scott, I was, a, I was away. You ha- were home by this point. Uh, did you watch any of this? And was it good? What I, I wasn't home by the end. I think uh, we had a delay where they put too much fuel on our plane and had to come and take the fuel out. Oh. And uh, have you ever known, Sean, or I uh-huh. guess... I didn't know this, that once fuel has been put on an airplane, if you want to take it off, it has to be quarantined and put back in the same airplane only. It can't go into another airplane. Yeah. These things I learned. So anyway, uh, no, we we didn't get home in time to watch any of the players championship. So yeah, this one sort of flew under the radar for me. Uh, there's like a lot of engagement on our Twitter about maybe that was early this week about like, what is this? Why do we care? Um, this ended up being that, well, this, this was a triple knockout format, which is different from how they've done the players championship in the past. It's, it's not, but it's not, it ends up being the same. It's the same at the end of the day. Right. It's exact same. It's a sneaky way. I figured out why they did this, Scott, by the way. Uh, and, and I would I would very much like somebody from the Grand Slam to confirm this, but they wouldn't because I, I, I think it might. I, I don't know. But because in a pool format, they've always used three losses get you out anyway. And two losses always got you something. If you were two and two in the round round, you got something. So essentially it was a triple knockout 
anyway, mm-hmm. until the playoffs, the reason why you go ABC draw is that you will never have a tiebreaker. Whereas in the past, you would always have tiebreakers with teams of two and two. This format, you don't have tiebreakers. Therefore, it's much easier to schedule. That, I'm convinced, is why they do this now. And it's it's not easier for the teams, right? Because the teams might, you know, be out by Thursday. Although, I guess yeah. they, they make it so that they wouldn't be. But, yeah, so the teams don't know how much time to schedule. Yeah. Anyway, in in any event, uh, I think we're going to talk more about the Grand Slams in a summer episode. Uh, yeah. Dig a little deeper into that. Um, we got a bunch of summer episode ideas over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is great, right? So uh, I don't I don't have much to say about this. Team Mowat's dominance at the, these Grand Slam events sort of goes counter to what we were just saying about uh, Nicholas Adine, right? And how much of a crapshoot it usually is. Uh, to me, that just shows that they are one of the best teams in the world if not the best mm-hmm. that they just are are like able to beat anybody that's put in front of them on any given day so that's pretty remarkable uh Hasselberg's win was good uh Canadians getting shut out of the podium on this to be honest in the grand slams it's not uncommon anymore yeah. for that to happen mm-hmm. uh Carrie Anderson was going for a three-peat and uh, lost in the final so you know uh, all those people crying that Canadian curling is, uh, you know, the heavens are falling, whatever. Not really, not really. So yeah, I, I, the team social media seemed fun. Uh, Colin Hodgson eating hot dogs at the blue Jays game right. was pretty fun that, uh, that photo made the rounds. So yeah, uh, for the teams to get a chance to like go to Toronto, which they never do because all these events are out West. Mm-hmm. or in small towns in the east uh, it, it's kind of a nice uh, perk for the end of the year yeah i think so and that's a cool venue to to do it in it's small enough that they can fill it for the most part uh, you know toronto traditionally isn't the greatest curling sports or curling town for the, the big events like curling canada never goes to toronto because you get drowned out a little bit from all yeah. of the various professional teams so it's nice to have that event there. And as you say, a lot of the players did go to Blue Jays games uh, and were caught on camera. Uh, a very unfortunate moment, I thought, for Val Sweeting that uh, somebody had said something that prompted a very large eye roll uh, when she had to be on camera. And somebody, God bless them, got the caption of that. And then I was able to cut it out for our friend Sabrina, who uh, isn't the biggest fan of Val Sweeting for weird reasons. Uh, and uh, so I was able to use that. <laughs> Uh, in a bit of a text uh, exchange of, of this is Val's reaction to your thoughts about her as <laughs> not supporting the team. Uh, but you know, it was cool. Yeah, as you say, it's 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 fun for the teams, uh, different place uh, that they don't usually see and a lot to do in yeah. Toronto. So uh, so congratulations to the winners there. One more Grand Slam on the course of the season, the Champions Cup coming up. And don't get me started on the name of the Champions Cup. If you don't have to be a champion to be there, uh, it's the one like, ridiculous argument or one ridiculous perspective that I hold that I actually truly believe in my heart of hearts that like the champions league and UEFA shouldn't be called the champions league. The champions cup shouldn't be called the champions cup because of how you qualify for it. So anyway. Yeah, fair. There is, there is one sponsors exemption in the uh, champions cup too. So you don't have to be, again, you don't have to be a champion. Don't call it the champions cup. Anyway, uh, another summer idea, uh, or that'll come up, uh, in the, in the, uh, the episode where we talk about the slams. So just, uh, and in terms of the, the online stuff, I think it was all good natured. I had fun with it. I don't think anybody was like super negative or super mean about it. Uh, and I appreciate Victor gel, uh, reaching out uh, to, to offer his thoughts on it. So, and, and everyone else who, who did as well. So, uh, for those who agreed with me and those who didn't agree with me, uh, it's all good uh, as we talk about the, the state of the sport moving forward. So let's talk about the next big events that are going to be taking place, kicking off this weekend. First off, let's talk about the World Mixed Doubles Curling Championship. This is taking place in Geneva, Switzerland from the 23rd of April to the 30th of April. This is a change in the format of the mixed world doubles 
curling championship. I think I said that wrong. Uh, <laughs> now last year I think was like this too, but it's going to be, it's, 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 I'm still not used to it, Scott, that it used to be just everybody could be there. It was a bit of a yeah. cluster, uh, weird random pools of teams and countries that, uh, you don't usually expect to see at curling events. Now they pared it down. It's a qualification event, top 20 teams uh, who have qualified are there divided into two pools of 10. Scott, are you excited for the 2022 mixed doubles world championship? Um, I'm, I'm a little bit excited. Yeah. It's the time zone isn't ideal for us, but it's not terrible. I I would say Mm -hmm. it's not as bad as some of the events in the Pacific, uh, Asia Pacific time zones, because we're able to see a couple games a day, but the, the format is not as interesting to me as like, uh, you know, if it was crazy, some sort of crazy format, uh, like like before with eight pools or four pools of eight or however it was before i kind of liked having tons of games uh i'm excited to see some of these teams you know like you say these are the teams that we don't always get to see uh the australian team is back from the olympics uh and their run and they're in the same pool as canada so that'll be like a fun grudge match kind of thing team england is there again uh they were fun to watch last year the u.s entry uh, i believe it's plies and persinger that one this year so that that could be a fun team to watch but they're not there uh, they 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 won the mixed doubles olympic qualifier the mixed doubles american championship went to the hamiltons oh that's right that's right the hamiltons did win yeah. um i forgot about that uh they won just after the olympics i think so yeah that there you go whatever fun team uh yeah the, the hamiltons as well so uh i'm excited for some of these teams uh Stefania Constantini is not playing with Amos Masaner, uh, no. which is a little bit disappointing after their gold medal run. But yeah, I, I think uh, mixed doubles curling is fun and exciting. And I just wish that it was still available on YouTube uh, <laughs> for us to watch because it's yeah. just, it's just easier. I have the recast uh, app pinned mm-hmm. here to my, uh, on my computer, but I don't have my computer on my personal computer on all day. Because I'm working, I have a TV here. It would be easy to put, to just put uh, my YouTube app on and right. go. So that's that's where I am with it. What about you? Okay. Yeah, I, I'm excited as well. I, I agree. I wish it was still on YouTube uh, as opposed to the recast for sure. But depending on where you are in the world, there is pretty good coverage. I I think of this certainly improved of what it used to be. Like if you look at the broadcast schedule, NHK is going to have, I believe all of the Japan games. Uh, so if you're over there in Japan, you can watch those Swiss TV is showing a lot of the Swiss games, Peacock and the Olympic channel with most, if not all of the United States game. TSN is picking up select Canada games. Uh, and that's going to be the full world broadcast of it. It's, it's, Vic's not going to be there for that. This is what they did last year as well. So they're picking up some of that. So, you know, around the world, you're getting something uh, not, you know, it's not as bad as it used to be. Uh, So you're going to be able to get that full playoff coverage on TSN and Peacock and the Olympic Channel in Canada and the United States. Uh, The final will be on Swiss TV as well. And if Japan is involved, uh, it'll be on NHK, any of those playoff games. So there's something there. It's not great. It's not as good as it could be, but there's something, Scott. Yeah, yeah, there's something. Something is better than nothing. I'll agree. Yeah. And uh, all right, let's just run through the two pools real quick. Uh, in Pool A, Denmark, Estonia, Finland, Italy, Japan, Korea, Norway, New Zealand, Switzerland, and Sweden. Pay attention to those bottom two teams, I would say, here in Pool A. Uh, a lot of good teams here, but uh, Switzerland, it is Alina Patz. She is playing with her real-life partner, which is always kind of a fun dynamic to watch in Sven Michel. And on Sweden, it's Rasmus Rana playing with his sister, Isabella. Uh, representing Sweden there. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, Rasmus, of course, coming off that gold medal with Nicholas Adin. Uh, so those would probably be the two favorites there. Uh, anyone else, Scott? I know we mentioned a few teams. I already mentioned Italy, Stefania Constantini, but without Amos Masaner in this event, it's Sebastiano Armand. 
playing the male position for Italy. Uh, who else in this pool might stand out to you to, to pay attention to? Uh, so, so Norway is not going to be uh, Skaslian uh, and Ned Grotten, uh, as we've seen before. It's going to be uh, Magnus Ramsfell, mm-hmm. and I think his sister Maya. Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, the the Koreans, uh, Kim mm-hmm. Minji, is going to be there uh, with Lee Kijong. So uh, that should be uh, another fun team to watch. Yep, I, I agree. On, That's uh, a pool. I, I do think the balance of power is probably in Pool B, though. Yeah, a lot of really good teams over in Pool B. So it is Australia, Canada, the Czech Republic, England, Spain, Germany, Hungary, Scotland, Turkey, and the United States. We mentioned the Hamiltons for the United States. For Scotland, it is the Olympic gold medalist Eve Muirhead playing with Bobby Lamley from Team Mowat. That team is going to be a handful to deal with for uh, everybody else in this pool to be sure the canadians jocelyn peterman brett gallant they were selected by curling canada after the national championship was unable to be played uh, they have gone before uh, they were the number, rank, number one ranked team in the rankings uh, so we'll see how they do if they can uh, improve on their previous performance uh, elsewhere here, Australia mentioned Tally Gill and Dean Hewitt, the Olympic team for them, uh, and other teams that have had some level of success at the mixed doubles that you might not necessarily expect, right? So if you look at a country like uh, Turkey, for instance, it's uh, Yildiz who's playing. So uh, there, there's some good teams here, Scott. Yeah, and the Hungarians are sending uh, the team that won the 2009 World Champ championship in mixed doubles just a sec uh yeah 2009 so it's uh Sikadish and nudge mm-hmm. that are playing uh so they're they're uh older i think uh they're in their late 40s early 50s type of thing so they're not sending the team that we've seen you know trying to qualify for the olympics so you know they a lot of experience we'll see uh, if that helps them at all but uh, like i said this pool is is pretty stacked uh the English team is really quite good as well. So yeah. we should say, I don't know if we mentioned Sean top three in each pool. We'll advance to the playoffs. Uh, the two versus three crossover game will happen as we've seen uh, in some other events this year. And the first place teams uh, get buys into the semifinals. Yeah. And then down at the bottom, you do have the relegation. So the f- team that finishes last in each pool is out. And we'll have to requalify next year. There will be crossovers for the eight nine game or the eight nine finishers. The two losers of that will also have to requalify next year. So uh, a lot to pay attention to at the bottom of the standings too, as you get later in the week. So uh, good luck to everybody out there in Geneva for the mixed doubles world championship. Scott, you want to pick a winner? Uh, as you said, you made up some points on me in the men's world curling championship. So I assume. Based on how you phrase that, I still am in the lead. Yeah, you're still, I think, two points ahead of me. Okay. Um, I like that. Uh, overall, let me really quick open it and double check because this is what everybody tunes in for, I know. Well, you know, uh, I think it's good. You know, we keep each other honest on this, you know, that we, what we get right, what we don't get right. Uh, and of course, if you're betting using our picks, uh, maybe reevaluate some of your choices, <laughs> some of your life choices. Yeah. Yes, Sean. So uh, after the world championships, uh, I scored out of a possible 14 total points in the world championships. That's one for each playoff contender, plus an extra point for picking the winner properly. Yeah. I scored 10. Wow. And you scored score. eight. Not a good score uh, on that. So, but but based on the strength of your uh, success or strength of your picks earlier, uh, you do have a three point lead on me, forty three okay. points to forty on the year. All right, uh, so let's uh, get into this then. Mixed doubles, Scott. Let's do it. Who are your three teams from each pool? Sean, I'm going to need you first to pick because. <laughs> I can't pick the same as you. You could just like have a strategy to pick the same as me. All right, that's then, fair. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, so give me uh, Switzerland, Sweden, 
in Group A. I, I think those should be the top two. And I'm going to go with Korea as the third team out of Pool A. Over in Pool B, I will take the Canadians, the Scots, and, ooh, this is hard. The third one's hard. This pool's too deep. Um, but let's go with the English. Okay. And I will take the Swiss to win because Alina Pats is there and all she does is win world championships. I guess Rasmus Rand is the same, but Alina Pats is her own last for her team. So I'll, I'll lean that way. That's uh, definitely fair. So, okay, I'm going to take Switzerland, Sweden, and I'm going to pick Norway as the third team from Group A. Okay. Uh, give me Canada. Give me USA. And uh, do I want to be crazy? This is why I'm losing. Is because I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the old Hungarians. <laughs> okay. There you go. Uh, for this, and I'm gonna pick Canada to win overall. So All right. um, that'll be the a lot of bonus points. points in your household there for uh, for those picks. Yes, uh, here's hoping. Here's hoping. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think this will be fun. We'll, we'll see if I can gain any points on you. Hopefully not. Uh, hopefully, hopefully not. Uh, so let's talk about the other event that is going on in Geneva at the same time as the mixed doubles. That is the World Senior Championships are back after uh, a year off. I think only a year off, maybe two years off of the World Senior Curling Championships. This is an open event. Any member association in the World Curling Federation can send a team. And as a result, you have a lot more men's teams than women's teams in this event. It is 21 men's teams to, what did I say, 13? Yeah, 13 women's teams here in the event. <laughs> so we have pool play here as well. On the men's side, three groups of seven. Women's side, you have one group of seven, one group of six. On the Canadian side, it is, of course, Sherry Anderson making her return to the World Championship after yet another victory at the Canadians. So uh, we'll see if she can just continue to win World Championships. Uh, Wade White is representing Canada on the men's side. Uh, some names that will be familiar to you on both sides. Uh, Hugh Millican representing Australia. Andy Cap representing Germany. Uh, the former, I believe, world champion. Um, or certainly yeah. a, a lot of world champion appearances. He did win one? I, I'm i pretty sure, yes. Okay, good. Uh, and, and from, uh, you know, and some familiar names. Matt Rana uh, from Sweden is skipping. Christoph Schwaller uh, for the Swiss side. Bob LeClaire on the American side. So some names that you might be familiar with uh, and names that I am making connections to, for instance, Carlos Massaner is the fourth thrower for Italy. So I'm just going to make that connection that he might be related to Amos Massaner in some way. Don't know that for sure. Uh, Timo coast is the skip for Finland. Again, a lot of coasts that we see coming out of Finland uh, at the, the men's and women's level. So, uh, you, you see those familial connections there on the women's side. You have uh, Margie Smith as the skip for the United States and Swiss Helm, the vice skip. Uh, Scott, you said she played with Deb McCormick. I think so. Yeah, but uh, definitely high level player in the U.S. for a long time. Yes. So some cool teams. Uh, so, so some folks who, who you're going to be familiar with. And I also like that, again, some countries that you might not see all the time. Ireland has a team. We never see Ireland uh, at World Championships. Uh, so really cool for them to be there. Uh, Latvia is there on the women's side. England has a team here on both the men's and women's side. Belgium, you have uh, John Robillard is skipping. Our friend, Jerry Hermans, the vice skip. Uh, who is, uh, you know, we, we've been in touch with him. We've had some back and forth with uh, Jerry before. Uh, fun guy uh, to be in touch with. So it'll be fun to see how they do over there. Fun to see Belgium at a world event. So uh, Nigeria is playing. Tiana Cole, the skip there on the men's side. Slovakia, uh, Turkey. Like so, so again, some teams that we don't see all the time playing at the senior championships in Geneva. So good luck to the 34 teams in the field. 
Should be fun, Sean. Should be fun. All right. Uh, so <laughs> that, that's all I got. <laughs> that's, that's your contribution. Great. Uh, all right. The last thing that we will talk about, uh, Brendan Botcher announced his new team. Curious though, Scott, uh, I don't recall seeing an announcement from the other team Botcher account. Uh, I think they missed a step on that one. That they were not playing together again. Yeah. Did they make that announcement? Uh, I don't listen to the inside curling show all the time, so I might've missed it. It might've been on there. Uh, okay. Like, um, I, I, I don't, cause I, I, I saw the announcement and the new Twitter account. I was like, okay, like that's fair enough. And then I looked at the old Twitter account and I looked through it and never was there a statement that was like, oh, but we're parting ways, which I, I thought was a little strange, but whatever. I don't know. I don't much care. They can do whatever they want. Uh, and as long as there's no bad blood i don't want to see a, a recreation of what happened in december that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh if all the players are cool i just i was just like wait isn't there wait, wait, wait. uh but that team yeah. maybe yeah. i don't know and i understand you know based on what we know i understand why the new twitter account was created but again you just it was curious anyway so the new team is going to be brendan botcher mark kennedy Brett Gallant and Ben Hebert. Scott, are they immediately the favorites for all the things? I, I think in they're Canada. the favorites. In Canada. In Canada, I should I, say. I, I think they're the favorites in Canada to go to the Olympics. But four more years of curling on, on anyone, it could be tough. You know, Mark, Mark and Ben are, I think, my age, maybe a, a year older and... You know, I, I start to feel sore. I'm doing nothing. So I, I don't know. I, they're all amazing players, amazing shot makers. We'll see how the chemistry is. Yeah, I, I think Mark Kennedy is really good at just melding with people. And the thing about Ben Hebert and Brett Gallant as a front end is they are going to be be chatty. They're going to to have opinions on what to do now ben hebert is also very good uh, it was always good with kevin cooey being like hey like you know there's a clock right like yeah let's <laughs> make go. a decision let's go which is usually the lead's job is to watch the clock so you know you you have that so i don't think there'll be time issues it's just a question of the front end on botcher's team of carrick martin brad decent they didn't really talk that much in terms of the the strategy of it so That'll be a big change. And how does Brendan Botcher deal with that? And, and how do they just figure out what the line is between? Because, and every skip is like this that there's a point at which you need to stop talking and just let them make the decision and throw it. And it'll just, I'm sure it'll be a feeling out process for them to figure out when that point is, when the, the, the discussion, when the, the offer of strategy opinion is welcome. And when it's not, uh, and, and that'll be a feeling out process. And that'll be interesting to, to watch, uh, as we see that those games, cause I'm sure they're going to be on TV a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'm also sure that Brendan won't be able to collect all the aeroplane points, uh, from flights <laughs> going forward. Uh, I think that'll be a bit of a different business situation too. So, yeah. Uh, so all. yeah, uh, allegedly. Uh, allegedly. allegedly yes yeah. uh so yeah so that that's uh that was a pretty big announcement uh, not unexpected uh still some dominoes to fall on the team announcement side of things still things to to happen players who need to figure out what they're going to do and i think once the season is over we'll do a bit of a, a recap of all the teams that have come out uh, fun team uh, to steve laycock made an announcement uh what his team's going to be not a team that's going to win a Briar, but a team that could probably win Saskatchewan at this point. So a uh, really cool uh, team there. Sean Meacham. Uh, I just always love to see Sean Meacham. Uh, just the, the greatest non-sliding shoe uh, in the history of curling, uh, Sean Meacham. So uh, so the, the team announcements continue to to pour out. And uh, as I say, once we get into the early part of the offseason, we'll do a, a bit of a breakdown of where we think the teams stack up. So... Anything else, Scott, from the world of curling that you wanted to talk about? No, I think that's all, Sean. All right. Well, okay, because there's something I want to talk about then that uh, I'm sure people are on the edge of their seats about. You made reference to it earlier 
that uh, Monday night at the Ottawa Curling Club, earlier in the day Monday, there was an email that was sent out saying the rocks were touched up. Curious decision, I felt, with two weeks left in the season to Mm -hmm. touch up the rocks, but fine. They can do it. There's going to be a club championship. So maybe you do it, get a couple games win before, and then the, the Rocks hopefully are a peak position for the club championship. Now, club championship doesn't affect us at all. But the last draw of the season, the team that finishes first in each pool gets bar bucks. So I missed two games being gone. There was a buy in there as well. You guys had to go one and one in order to keep us eligible for bar bucks lost the first game happens happens and yeah. uh you know i i sent what i felt was a very motivational text into the group chat before monday's game and then yesterday i thought ooh maybe the results are up and i looked at the results scott and uh what happened Sean, you you weren't there that's what happened <laughs> uh i i'll admit that the the rocks and the ice really were really, really confusing. Like I said, I, I had two rocks with split times that were about the same. One went through, one didn't make the house. Uh, in the first end, you know, first end of a late night game, you've got to throw it hard. I thought I threw at least enough to throw a T-line and hogged it. Um, <laughs> so, so I don't know exactly what to, what to say, what happened, but uh we didn't make as many shots as the other team. And a lot of times we were in really good positions and then the skip made a shot that you're like, oh man. And right. all credit though, he called them. It wasn't it wasn't these fluky ones where we were trying to do something and ended up doing something better. Uh, everything was called. It just, uh, we weren't then able to uh, make up for it. So, all right. Uh, I thought we had a chance to score in the last end, but uh, we missed the line a bit on a run back and weren't able to. I'm sorry. Did uh, you not score at all? No. Again? We did not. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, I think saw that you got, I thought they got blowed out, but I didn't realize you didn't score. I think that's three or four games we've gotten shut out this year. Yeah. So, so uh, come on. Like, uh, so, Bar Boxer is dream deferred for yeah. the season. I don't think there's a way that we can win it. Uh, and it's 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 weird that so I'm, I've missed four games since the restart in January and uh, all four of those games were losses and uh, or, or three games or no four excuse me and if you didn't score in two of them you got one point in another one yeah. and I don't re- remember what it was the, the other one before but I think you got blown out then too I'm not Scott like so I'm seven and one uh, when I've been skipping like the team were seven and one when I've been skipping. Under 500 when I'm not there. I, I, I don't think you've won when I'm not there. Scott, I am not a player who's good enough to go from a 7 eighths winning percentage, whatever that is, to a zero winning percentage without me there. It is a very bizarre thing to me that, uh, and I'm sure just fluky, it's not a big enough sample size, but I was, I was stunned when I saw it. I'm uh, not sure that it's a fluke, Sean. I think... Uh... I think we need you there. Well, we'll see. But, That's uh, a lot of pressure. Now. Well, it's, it's either more pressure now on Monday to win the last one or no pressure at all because Barbucks aren't at stake. Yeah, no pressure at all. But we are going to stay after the game, Sean, and uh, have some beer because it's yeah. our last game of the year. Yep, it is. Um, finally, uh, the, the game that you missed <laughs> before, Sean, we ended up losing. We lost by two. And Did that one score points. And it went eight ends. So, okay. yes, we did. Uh, it was not a blowout. All right. Well, that's um, good. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, I, I, I threw lead again. And I don't know. I just swept <laughs> all night. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, we'll stay and we'll drink and uh, celebrate what could be the last game for our team as a team. We'll see. We'll see what happens there for sure. And uh, yeah, so I have three games left on the season, two on Thursdays. And uh, that team lost when I was gone too. I don't know what's going on, but uh, fluky season. Uh, You're good, Sean. But, You're good. Uh, three games left. It's weird, Scott. We talk about this and, and we've actually gotten some feedback. People seem to enjoy uh, a little bit of the banter about our teams. <laughs> but if you look at some of the other podcasts out there, one of them 
which is extraordinarily popular, has somebody who has just won two provincial championships. <laughs> and we're talking about we can't score in Monday D. Well, you know, so uh, a little different, a little different. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, congratulations, Lori and Mary. Lori, yes, that, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, lots of things, but uh, yeah, yes, for so, sure. Uh, yeah, congratulations to Lori uh, and uh, her team. Uh, composed Scott McDonald. I assume Scott was skipping that team uh, that just won the Canadian or the Ontario mixed. I think so, but I'm not yeah. sure. So, uh, so certainly congratulations to, to them on that. So uh, I think that'll do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast, do likes, ratings, comments, all that good stuff helps other people find the show, keeps us growing. And of course you can head on over gamestonespod.com where you can find all of our past episodes. Plus the merch under the merch tab, the weather is warming up. So you might not need toques and, and hoodies, but they're still good products and I like them and I wear them all the time. So that's actually the only downside of spring and summer for me is I don't get to wear those things uh, as much because mm-hmm. it's not really necessary uh, in that weather. True. But I have the t-shirts and I like the t-shirts too. So uh, you can check it out under the merch tab. All proceeds from the t-shirts go to Food Banks Canada, the rest of the stuff to the Sandra Schmirler Foundation. We of course match those as they come in. And as always, if you want to let us know what you want to hear on the show, Game of Stones podcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media at Game of Stones pod on Twitter and Instagram. So that'll do it for this week. We'll be back next week with something to talk about. The mixed doubles will be going on. The seniors will be going on. Maybe we'll have some new team announcements. Our season will be done the next time we talk, Scott, and uh, potentially, I guess, a discussion about the future of the team, which I didn't know it was going to happen. Uh, and I think there's going to be a discussion of the Thursday team, too, because on email it was said, oh, we should talk about it in person, which was the response when I said, oh, yeah, I'll play next year with everybody. And the response is, <laughs> so let's wait until we talk in person. I'm like, wait a minute, what? We, we need to talk. Oh, we need oh, to talk. No. Yeah. oh no. I've been reading this book, uh, the John Feinstein book about life in the minor leagues. And yeah. all the players talk about uh, when the major league manager wants to see you. Uh, it's never good. Mm. <laughs> so the fact that we yeah. need to talk in person, uh, I'm getting a little nervous about how that one's going to go. <laughs> well, it'll be okay. But yes, yeah. we'll have something to talk about next week. Yes. Yeah, so uh, join us then when we're back with you next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.